from the nearest comic book to the farthest cinematic universe. Journey into the past, present, and future of your fandom. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. Twenty-two pages later, with your hosts, the Cap, MFG, and Ralph the Tech. Please stand by. Stand by. Whosoever listens to this podcast, if he or she be worthy, shall possess the power of M22. And that power could be one of three things, either extreme forgiveness, extreme um, stuttering, or extreme sarcasm, depending how you grip it. Welcome to another edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 220. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap. And with me, as always, is the man who wields the power of never-ending snark. He is Mike, also known as MFG. If you're going to grip it for me, I'd say use two hands. Oh! Uh, <laughs> a had to be joke said. took a while. Took a while with that one. <laughs> you, you might need a third hand, just to be sure. Wow! <laughs> one to cover his mouth and two... No, <laughs> anyway, All after right. that, there's nothing more that can be said besides a horribly described movie. Oh, here we go. And are we ready for a horribly described movie? Because I am. I'm never ready, but we just true. play anyway. Ralph, you ready? <clears throat> yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. A gun-toting alcoholic orphan and his boss burned down his family home. What? I'll repeat it one more time, because I know that was very unexpected. A gun-toting alcoholic orphan and his boss burned down his family home. So think on that, because it'll be at the end of the quick news that I'll have the answer. All right. And our other illustrious host is the man who wields the power of the mics and the sound cues and all things that make our podcast go, which is why we haven't replaced him. He is RT Squared, Ralph the Tech. Damn right. See, and Beyonce said I was irreplaceable. <laughs> okay. Well, I, the fact that you compared yourself with Beyonce shows what kind of show we're going to have. I'm really interested in what you're going to say next. So the other day, I was minding my own business, just walking down the street. Next thing you know, I find myself on an alien planet in the midst of a civil war. I don't know which side to take. I just started punching and shooting things. It was crazy left and right. Phasers coming at me, ships dropping bombs. It was nuts. And just as I was about to plant my flag on the face of the enemy, I mean, who was the enemy anyways? A thought occurred to me. By opting to be an organ donor, you guarantee that you'll never be accidentally buried alive. Ah. Oh. <laughs> right? Think about it. They're not going to bury you alive, but they're going to take out your organs. That's very true. It is very, very true. <laughs> You're going to be dead. Oh, look at that. He's an organ donor. All right, let's grab his heart. It's still beating. Nope, that's it. He signed it. Take it out. Uh, that probably happens more often than we want to know. That's, that's, that sounds like a horror movie to be written. Mike, get on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one you'll never watch. Right. Oh, I just said watch it. I just said I'd give up the ideas. What the hell? How dare you Why not support it? your friends? Why I support first... him. I'm just gonna watch it. Why is the first person killed in every one of MFG's films called Ryan? <laughs> I don't know because we know someone named Ryan. That guy. Yeah, I know he's a really good friend of mine. Um, <laughs> so let's get to what we're gonna be doing. So on this show, we will be venturing to the sector of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where a certain god is trying to improve from his last movie. But are we worthy to watch it <laughs> or is it worthy to be out? So for today's show, we'll be discussing the new Marvel movie, Thor, Love and Thunder. 
But first, if MFG's quick news is to be quick, there's one secret ingredient, and that's for me to shut up. So here he is, Mike, less of me, and the quick news. And now, the quick news, brought to you by MFG and Ralph and Cap. And that quick news intro was brought to you by an amalgam of sass and sadness. Ass. Sass and sadness? Sass and sadness. <laughs> Ass. Ooh. <laughs> okay. And All right. So, Mike, what by do you... <laughs> I, the, uh, first of all, the sponsor's crazy. Second off, Mike, what do you got? All right. There's a DC multiverse still? Well, Batgirl fans will be pleased, I guess, to hear that the upcoming film will have a connection to the wider DC extended universe. According to the film's directors, Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah, you will need to see other DC films to understand what happens. In an interview with The Direct, LRB explained that this was the answer he received from the studio when asking about upcoming films that will have J.K. Simmons from the Snyderverse and Michael Keaton from the Burtonverse. Quote, what's the situation here? And what would they say? I'm sorry. And then they would say, ah, don't worry about it. We got a plan. They never really explained that aspect to us, but I guess you're going to have to see the other movies to understand what happens. Why the reason is that we ended up in a sort of spaghetti of a multiverse uh, in that aspect. It's hopefully going to be a delicious spaghetti. I'm sure of that. End quote. Yeah, that was Wait. really weird. Uh, Bad Girl is expected to release on HBO Max sometime in 2022. Wait, hmm. wait a sec. That sounds exactly what I say right before we start recording this podcast, and I tell you guys, yeah, of course I have a plan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we never believe you. Just like I don't believe that. <laughs> well, going back to just the idea of, I mean, first of all, I'm happy that they're still going to produce something for DC, mm-hmm. being with the whole Ezra Miller mess. Has been going on, which Still I'm coming out somehow. <laughs> I, they filmed most of it already, right? They filmed, they filmed all, all of it. Oh. That's why the, that's what that's their problem is that they filmed it all, and he's in nearly every scene, so they can't replace him. So I can't wait to see what happens with this. Well, How they're going to promote it, <laughs> you know? They can film a scene at the end where his face changes into Grant Gustin. I've, I've said it a billion times, everybody. I think I've said it here that the way they fix it is just whatever the story is about. Since it's already multi universes, he dies. And Grant Gustin just replaces him as the Flash. That's no, it. Done. No, just do, do the um. You haven't seen the Flash yet, right? At all. This last this season. Last season. I'm, I'm almost through it, actually. Believe it or not. And you're still happy? Wow. There was actually a really good part, and then then there wasn't. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> there's, there's this sort of like face ripping scene. They could do something like that. Whereas, like, they, yeah. rip, they rip the face off and it's someone else. They could do that. You never want to rip the face off of a hero. That just that just oh. makes everyone think of face off, first of all. Right. <laughs> and also remember that anytime that we're having somebody come in to replace a bad DC move, people initially will say it's good. Then DC will find some way to mess it up. Then, four years later, there'll be the blank with blank cut, where the, the Miller cut, where, you know, they have this cut where <laughs> Miller doesn't die and it becomes great and everybody wants it, so... Yeah. 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 Cap, Cap, um, I think you're reaching on this one. Am I? Yeah, pe- people are not gonna be like, let me see the Miller cut. Uh, they'll we'll probably see. say, let me see Miller get cut. Un- unfortunately, unfortunately, time sometimes forgives people in ways that we don't expect it. Just saying. Oh, Just yeah. saying. They, they haven't anyway. forgiven R. Kelly yet. 
Well, yeah, he just went wow. to jail. How are you throwing that out there? I'm not even going to address that. Mike, what do you got next? All right. Rumor has it. All right. Break's over. Time to get to work in the rumor mill. According to, I don't know, Marvel Studios will unveil the Fantastic Four reboots cast at D23 Expo 2022. Supposedly, Studios President Kevin Feige, Marvel's first family cast, will be said at this biannual event. But it should be noted that neither Marvel Studios nor Disney have confirmed the rumor. And for you overconfident hoes at home that feel they know who will portray at least one of the team members, <laughs> Doctor Strange 2 director Sam Raimi has some possibly disappointing news. According to Raimi, John Kaczynski was cast as Reed Richards in his film because, quote, the fans had a dream of who the perfect Reed Richards would be. And because this is an alternate universe, Kevin said, let's make that the dream come true, end quote. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's name has also uh, come up to play Pursue Storm, but the actress has denied being in any talks with Marvel. And former Captain America Chris Evans has jokingly thrown his own name into the hat to reprise his role as Johnny Storm, stating, wouldn't that be great? No one would ever come to me about that. I mean, I don't exactly look the same anymore. That was 15, almost 20 years ago, but I really love that character. That was his quote. Uh, Fantastic <laughs> Four does not currently have a release date. First off, I... When that when that announcement comes out, nobody bother me. I want to hear what this is gonna be. But number two, um, we know Marvel to not be trustworthy. We know Marvel can lie. We know Marvel likes to cover up their secrets better than anybody. So, I mean, do I as, trust as Marvel? They should. Do I trust Marvel with with throwing a curveball? Saying, "Well, you know, it's a dream thing." I don't trust them, but I agree with you, Mike. About people are a little too confident about Krasinski, and I'm like, guys. You know, nah. I mean, I, I definitely could see it not being him with no problem at all, only because yeah. it's it's you've given me one without the other three. Then it's just like, you know, now that's another universe. Here we go. Yeah. Here's here's now the four that we have, you know, but who knows? We'll find out at some point. Yeah. Well, that is all my quick news there. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa. That's all your quick news. No death. Nobody. I, I've seen the death of a tech in my future. You know. Whoa. <laughs> well, before I get sorry for that tech. Before I suffer death at the hands of that tech, Ralph, do you have any quick news? Um, do I have any quick news? Quick news, quick news. So I gave you quick news one week. And no, no, no. Do it every time. No, 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 no. The last time I ignored you before Mike goes into his Harvard described movie, you were quoted as saying, "Wah, wah, wah." You don't ask me. Hey, so I'm asking you. Was it not good news though? I didn't say that. I'm it saying not good. You know, it's like being married. I can't win. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> so, Mike, what is your horribly described movie? All righty, once more for the <clears throat> people in the cheap seats. A gun-toting alcoholic orphan and his boss burned down his family home. Oh. Is this Looper? What do you have to say there, Mister the Tech? Well, for a moment, I thought it was Django Unchained, but he's not an alcoholic, so no idea. Skyfall. Oh! Not a bomb. Oh, I could. Oh! Ah! <laughs> uh, Wait, oh, this is an wow. orphan? Yes. What? Yeah. That's shout nothing out, new. <laughs> shout out to Tinkerbell, who totally won't get that one. I'm sorry. It's not always horror. 
Sorry, Tinkerbell. It doesn't happen always that way. Right. Wow, Skyfall. That's good. Oh, man. Yeah. Alcoholic gun tooting. Toting. Toting. Tooting and toting. Orphan. And his boss? Mm-hmm. M. And Skyfall, they destroy his... Oh, they do destroy his house. Oh, yes. Oh. Did we just watch in real time Ralph figure it out? <laughs> yeah. Did you see the numbers floating by, too, and all the shapes and everything? Dude, it's like watching in real time grass grow. <laughs> it's so exciting. It's, it was like watching A Beautiful Mind's Ugly Sister. I mean, that, hip, that Himalayan bluegrass? Have you ever seen that? Dude. Uh, it's like a beautiful mind behind the scenes, though. All the stuff well, the it scenes. was like, it's got a nice personality mind. <laughs> personality. Which like is friend's mind. <laughs> if you don't go out with that mind, I'm not going out with you. <laughs> so who has to jump on the grenade? Exactly. Oh, my. All right, that's it for the quick news. Let's move it along, people. Yes, yes, let's move it along. Let's get into what we're here to talk about, which I know people have been asking me. I've gotten a couple of requests about this one, so we made sure to be, to be very fast and thorough with us putting it together. So let's talk about MCU's new movie, Thor, Love and Thunder. And with a synopsis, is the man who's going to give this a glowing review, and that's not me giving any lies. He is Mike, also known as MFG. Glow away, Mike. Glow away. The only way this is glowing is if I'm irradiated. <laughs> Anyhow, Thor Love and Thunder is the what number film? What number? Come on. Every time this I'm off a movie, I have to ask what number this is. Oh, shit, like so 20, it's just one more 20, than the last ones. What is it? 27. You're doing your job, Mike. It's 27. Yeah, what is it? Come on. Tech. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thor Love and Thunder is the 29th film in the ever-growing Marvel Cinematic Universe exactly and the fourth film in the Thor franchise. As a sequel to its predecessor, Thor Ragnarok, which from 2017, uh, the film saw the return of director Taika Waititi. The character of Thor is based on the Marvel Comics character created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby 60 years ago, believe it or not, in Journey into Mystery number 83, way back in August of 1962. The film was budgeted at $250 million, and despite box office sales falling 68% in its second Whoa. week, it has made $234 million domestically and a total worldwide of $500 million. Thor Love and Thunder has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 68% with an audience score of 79% and an IMDb weighted average of 69 out of 100. All right, a little synopsis time. What? always happens when a superhero film takes a successful comedic turn it makes a sequel that disregards story for laughs welcome to thor love and thunder on an alien planet a father named gore walks through a barren desert with a daughter conveniently and ridiculously named love who dies in his arms upon meeting one of his callous gods gore acquires the god-killing necro sword and decapitates the god gore then determines to kill all the gods in existence if this doesn't scream comedy, I don't know what does. But meanwhile, former three-day girlfriend Jane Foster is dying from stage four terminal cancer. Unfortunately, no one seemed to bother to tell the actress how to be sick or suffer through chemotherapy. But again, comedy! <laughs> After visiting the shattered remains of Mjolnir, Jane becomes the mighty Thor. And yes, that is what she calls herself. After Gore attacks New Asgard and makes off with all the children, Thor seeks the help of the universe's creator gods, but is denied assistance. The rest of the film is a game of chase hindered by a long by longing glances, a jealous weapon, and an inability to move the MCU's phase four forward. 
All right, we're starring Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, the mighty Thor, Christian Bale as Gore, the God Butcher, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, Taiko Watiti as Gorg, Russell Crowe as Zeus, Jamie Alexander as Sith, and the main cast of the Guardians of the Galaxy. If you want to know their names, listen to episode 104. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get ready to talk about Thor, Love and Thunder. By the way, before I go into pressing that button, it's funny that um, I was talking with Jazz and Jazz had said, you know, it's a Mike Synopsis. You should do something like Mike Synopsis doesn't always speak to the thoughts and views of RT Squared or the Mighty Cap. So I might have to come up with a button for that. <laughs> but for those that don't know what we're going to do, let's press that button we paid so much money for. Warning, the following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. Ah, that spoiler warning was brought to you by Steve Francis of Stitch Productions. He whoever holds this mic, if he be worthy, he be stush. (laughs) Eat my stush. (laughs) All right, let's talk about... Thor, Love and Thunder. Now, Mike mentioned in the synopsis, you know, um, I mean, well, one thing that Mike didn't really mention in the synopsis, which I thought he was going to go for, but I think if he mentioned it, his synopsis would be longer. You know, Hemsworth, Thor, the character in the MCU, probably, would you say is one of the more beloved and popular characters in the MCU? But with a shitty franchise. I I honestly don't know how people on a whole feel about Thor like 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 people will talk about like oh I like Ragnarok but like people don't talk about Thor have you ever noticed that I guess I mean, I mean at least I, at least, no, I mean and again I mean just in general like I never hear people talking about Thor or like you know uh yeah just just nothing about him you hear them talk about Iron Man you hear Captain America never Thor but I think Thor has always been good in other movies like he was good in Endgame I'm not Endgame um, um Infinity War and some and the original Avengers you know right. You know, like he played his role there. And, you know, the, when you talk about the first two installments, they were very underwhelming. It's kind of what you're saying. You know, the, the, the well, first I'm, two I'm saying, I'm, I'm actually talking about talking about um, Chris Helmsworth as the character. I'm just saying, not talking about his movies. We know how the movies went. I'm saying that you'll hear people talk about Iron Man and Captain America. And even, you know, the, to, to point sometimes here with the Black Widow. But you don't hear anyone actually talk about Thor. I think people like, like, like I said, I think, I think people like them more in other movies than they do yeah. in his own. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, but is he? Do people like him? I think yes, but they just don't seem to talk about him. Okay, all right. Um, what do you think, bro? Yeah, I mean, have you, do you run into people that kind of like? I mean, when without his movie being on the forefront, do you run into people chatting about like uh, Chris Hemsworth as Thor very often, or do you? Or do you, have, or not, do you feel that talking. way about him? Like, you know, do you have a feeling about Thor one way or the other? Well, I feel that. Uh, Chris, Chris Hemsworth has done a good job as Thor, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I feel that is only based solely off of Ragnarok because the first yeah. first one was it was okay he did a, a decent job the second one it felt like they just said you know what think Batman all right go just go dark <laughs> think Batman. Then, they said, think Batman. Go watch Batman. Yeah. <laughs> then, then in Ragnarok, they're like, you know what, Chris? Just just be you, honestly. Just just you know, you're you're out with your friends, you're having a beer, you're having a good time. Just just be you. And he's like, All right, I could do that. And you know, and, and it was and it was funny. It was good. It was you know very lighthearted. 
and 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 they they brought you know joy and and cheer um but overall not many people not at least not in my circles not many people like go out of their way to to say oh yeah thor is, is my guy that's my character yeah that's what i mean all right um i guess the point i'm trying to make is that you know like when we talk about you know like chris hemsworth in the other movies you know he does pretty well and those first two sucked then the third one came out and you know taika waititi we can't i mean let's not lie he had a very bold directorial vision for ragnarok you know and, and it made it fun and it made it interesting did waititi's magic work this time around I felt so that it was, it seemed like he just took the formula from Ragnarok and just just did the same thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing in my opinion. I quite enjoyed the movie. I just wanted a little bit something extra, not the same formula. Again, not saying it was bad, not a bad formula, but, you know, you could have given me something newer. Okay. Yeah. All right, Mike. I feel that what happened with this movie is the same thing happened with Guardians of the Galaxy, which was it was lighthearted. It was really good. And then people went, oh, you like the lighthearted part? No, I like the really good story. You like the lighthearted part? I like this, the lighthearted part. Oh, I see. Because <laughs> that's just far easier than writing an actual story. Um, and I, I feel it's, it's literally the exact same thing. It's like there is a, a gloss of story and just, you know, it's just you're moving from scene to scene to see what new fun thing is going to be said but like i tried to point out and i was not shy in my synopsis is that not you've taken all. two extremely heavy subject matters into a film that's a comedy and then didn't do anything with them in any yeah. any good way you know it's i'm not saying that this should have been like a a grim just you know rip your gut out heartfelt thing you could still have humor in the movie, it's just that, like, you know, because that was my, like, one of my problems with, with Ragnarok. Again, I enjoyed Ragnarok. I mean, definitely compared to the other two films, it was, you know, the best Thor movie so far. But it's like they just glossed over the death of his father. Yeah. Like, they didn't give him a chance to, uh, to grieve. And that's exactly what happens here, you know, because we, we, we cut from the death of Gore's daughter. Yeah. And that his one... resolution right into like humor. And I'm like, um, you just really broke the mood. And then, like I said, then you get to Jane and she, just act like, I mean, we're not talking about like, oh, I'm a strong character trying to suffer through cancer. Like she, it was just like, I have cancer. Anyhow, next line, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I have cancer. Mm. Here's how wormhole works. Yeah, that's exactly what it was like. And I'm like, we're not talking about a denial thing. It, it just, we're the movie itself it. was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, cancer. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it treated <laughs> yeah. it as like, as like, as like a, a theme for, not a theme for a joke, but like, you know, the basis of a joke. Like a springboard to go into another another plot point or another joke. I'm like, oh man. But kind of what Mike said, um, the, the beginning you begin with Gore, and you see Gore, you know, you know, suffering with his daughter, and then he buries the daughter, and I'm like, wow. Now understand, I know, you know, the basic idea of the plot, even though it's slightly different from the book. Slightly. You know, but you know, enough, enough where you know, you're, okay, well, you know, where's his wife? Or no, no, no. So finally, you, you bury the daughter. And I'm like, wow, they killed a kid within the first five minutes. Holy smokes. But then it, there's so much more heavy plot points, and you're like, and that's how you're gonna handle it. I definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I mean, the death of the death of the gods of yeah. these other worlds. I mean, they just mentioned like, oh yeah, you know, things are going to. It's like that's huge, <laughs> you know. Right. It's the death of the this is the death of the thing that you believe in, and again, it was just treated like you know, even if it wasn't fodder for a joke, it was just 
it was treated like someone just going like, oh yeah, I just kind of like, you know, banged my knee into the side of a table. Well, Anyhow. <laughs> you know. Let me ask you this, being that we're talking about that. So we talk about the movie opens with Gore and we see him. Do you think the basic, you know, the fact that his daughter died and that he gets his hands on a necro sword and the God that he worships kind of mocks him. Do you think that gave him enough motivation to be a really good villain? Or do you think that once again, Marvel missed the mark with a villain. Um, flat out, they missed the mark with a villain. Flat out, uh, his motivation, as we see by the end of the film, wasn't as strong as it was meant to be. Meaning that, in other words, his his motivation is the grieving father. That's fine, but they made it very clear it's the sword that's pushed him into this. Right. You know, not he wasn't, which is again like what. Uh, it's great about the book. And by the way, we didn't mention this is actually from a storyline from a, from a Thor story. I think, I think it was 12 issues. Read it. Fantastic story. Very different than this movie, but in there, Gore, uh, you know, Gore himself, he had that anger. I mean, he didn't have the power. He ends up with his sword, but it's not like it began with the sword with, with Gore here. He would have, well, he just would have been dead actually if he didn't get the sword in order to kill uh, his God. You know, so right. you know he just wouldn't have even have been there. So, um, I, so but uh, but even with that, I do feel that they they missed the mark. Uh, the, the you know, I was thinking about that by the time we saw the resolution at the end. I was like, he's barely in this film, and I really didn't need to see any more of him because he wasn't doing anything for for me. Ralphie, um, I'm of two minds on this one. Uh oh. So, I really so. I will have to say that I enjoyed the way um Kristen Bale portrayed Gore. I agreed. Agreed. Like, like I feel like he did a, a good job portraying this character. Um but I have to agree with, with Mike, his motivation was lacking. Like it wasn't really like like he wanted to do it. Especially I'm I'm jumping ahead, but with the resolution at the end, it it seemed too quick also his his change. Yeah, especially for someone who committed counts, many counts of murder across m multiple worlds that we weren't even aware of how many he's, he's done so far. Right. So like it, the motivation was lacking there. But Christian Bale's portrayal was, was really good. I, I actually enjoyed him as this character, even though they didn't actually make him look a lot like the character in the comics. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it was still very good and and just the 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 mixture of practical with cgi effects was really nice especially during the the first fight scene that he has in asgard with with thor it was really good do you know why uh he he does not have his uh comic book accurate look why because i had read too much no uh i read that the reason because it's mostly just missing a nose yeah. and who else is missing a nose they said that it looked like oh, too much more Voldemort, like Voldemort. Voldemort. Yep. i knew yeah. it i knew it but I'll say this: it looked creep it looked creepy as hell, and I liked where they were kind of going. You know, you know, um, I mean, dodging in and out of the shower, uh, the shadow, the shower, the shadows. Um, just oh, you know, you were, he was out of the shower. That's what you're nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but like, I I like the idea that they could have went with, and they just kind of it once again a, a villain that was really cool, that looked cool, and had uh, some beginning groundwork. And they didn't flesh it out more and they focused more on Thor and the cast. Well, I think, again, I mean, well, they couldn't have done it because of the movie that they were writing, which was a comedy. 
which is again why it was a mistake to take this of all things, this particular storyline story as the story that you're going to use, is that it should have been much more visceral. And by visceral, I do not mean gory. I just mean that, like you know, like it. And it, obviously, they they would have wanted to stay away from this as much as they could. Uh, they touched it here and there lightly, and then and then quickly ran away because, of course, the American market. But you know, it is a treatise on you know what is the purpose of of faith and gods in your life. You know, it's it's you should be relying on yourself, kind of a thing, or blah 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 blah. And that's very heavy, you know, and it's way too heavy for a comedy, and especially way too heavy for uh, a Marvel movie that's been made to a comedy. Um, but that's what it's missing, and that's a lot of what's missing in the character of the villainy, is that he should be showing them like what's the purpose like you know like in the book that you know when he's slaughtering he, people he's like beg for your god are they there you know and yeah it's like this is the whole purpose you know well you, you gotta you gotta be careful where you touch things mike that's maybe that's why they were being so careful uh, that could be yeah. well also if you make it really visceral how can you make a happy meal toy <laughs> <laughs> just saying um thank you wow i earned one it's been a while um yeah, so let me even a broken clock is right at least twice a day. I was waiting. I was going to say that thing too about the broken <laughs> clock. But let's go into their handling of Thor. Is it me? And you know what? I'll say this. When we talk about the way Taika Waititi handles Thor, I think it becomes less about his hubris bringing about a lot of misunderstandings and, and like, you know, about, you know, like Thor kind of being kind of still you know, too proud and too arrogant in certain aspects to now being like a bumbling fool. And oh, I you, think you're my Thor, Odin's dumb son. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, like, well, let's put it this way. Would the first time we meet Thor, you know, um, it's it's during is it uh, is it is it Korg's narration of the story of Thor, right? And we see him where he picked up where he picked right. up after um, Endgame, right? Right, but we see him meditating. <clears throat> Excuse me, and. Uh, then we realize, oh, this is, a, you know, because again, you, you start to, at first, you're, at least at me, I'm thinking, okay, is this all, not me the whole movie, I'm talking about just this first part, is this all a, a fictional version that Korg is telling, or are we seeing what's happening during his telling? And I'm like, oh, no, we are seeing what's happening during his telling. So Thor is meditating during a huge civil war fight between whatever huge factions are going on on this planet that the Guardians of the Galaxy are trying to help one side. For for you to give me this jokey, almost stupid Thor, he now prances down there. And sure, the Guardians are all alive, but you see wounded and or dead people even on the side of the people that they're defending, let alone on the other side. And you're like, but I'm supposed to somehow feel good and ha ha ha, this guy has just finally showed up even though all this suffering and death has occurred when he could have stopped it ages ago. And I just think I just felt that this is not a great entrance for my character who's in a movie about how gods aren't needed <laughs> because they don't do anything except for themselves. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, right. this is not how you start a film when he is supposed to represent the God that doesn't just do things for himself and is selfish, you know. From the minute he jumped on his hammer like a freaking witch. Was oh, doing. my God. He's freaking now, mind playing. you, that's oh, a reference to another joke. Quidditch? <laughs> that, a that's hammer. a message. Stormbreaker is an axe. I'm a Stormbreaker. Axe. Stormbreaker, excuse me, his axe. But the, the fact that he jumped on his axe like, you know, like, 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 like a witch's broom 
between that Come on, all the high. way through to him doing a, a a split between two um oh lord don't even remind me of vehicles that. <laughs> it was just on a level where i was like i mean now funny kinda kinda but especially i'm like do i want deadly serious no but i didn't want to split like that and that's what i'm trying to talk about i don't mind humor but that it just it was it's i guess it's because it's out of place because it's not like why would thor ride stormbringer like a broom or storm sorry um stormbreaker Stormbreaker. stormbreaker sorry i said bringer stormbreaker like a broom i mean what would possess him to do that uh you know and then doing the splits it's like why and again, I, I get the humor. It's not that I miss it, but it's just, yeah. And, and, you, and you I get that it was a callback to another joke, Boom. but it, it still was dumb. You don't have to call it's back every John Claw Van Damme was watching. Yeah, exactly. Which oh, is all God. I thought about. The moment I saw that, the only thing I thought about is John Claw Van Damme, because obviously that's who you think about when you see a, a guy doing the splits. Yeah. And also, <laughs> you know, the epic split with the trucks and everything. Right. You remember that video? Oh. It was like it was viral. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was definitely 80, the 80s influence, and it definitely gave you that, 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 um, hair, you know, that, the hairspray rock kind of, you know, feel. But there's there just times where it leaned toward that into more of its story. Um, even just the handling of the Guardians, Guardians, and mind you, you didn't have to have the Guardians very long, but it felt very dismissive of like even how, who all those characters are and how they actually would have reacted to some of that stuff. Yeah. The closest maybe was Quill, maybe. But it was just, it was just, I just did. It felt like when you have different characters that are in, let's say, Spider Man, and he's in the X Men book, and the way the writer of the X Men writes Spider Man, they're like, well, that doesn't sound like Spider Man. That's right. the way it felt. It just felt totally out of place. Well, well, also, if you think about it, again, Thor is supposed to be sure. I mean, in in the you know Waititi vision now in the last two films, he's he's humorous and he's broy and he's silly or whatever else, but it's like. He's supposed to be like, you know, I'm of the people. I'm that guy, you know, that you call on. It's like, but he's, but now when you see him on the ship with the goats, they're all doing heavy lifting. They're moving things around. They're taking, it's like, oh, so you're just sitting here, your Royal Highness, like the king and his peasants. Again, not good for our hero in a movie about the fact that gods are selfish and uncaring and don't think of anyone but themselves. It's like when he has never been this character. But now he became this character in this film and literally within the first 10 minutes, not good. I, I just was not happy with the introduction of Thor, you know? Right. The, um, the other introduction they did was they reintroduced Jane Foster, AKA Natalie Portman back to the franchise. <laughs> I hate her so much, but go on, I'm sorry. Whoa. <laughs> I, I was like, that's a surprise. I hated her in Thor, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> okay no but i'm saying this like you know they introduced natalie portman you know she took a little hiatus and you know they brought her back for for, for this version after she missed ragnarok um and they they, they 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 talked about her being a great scientist and then she has stage four cancer and then obviously you know because of the story of thor and her and thor oh, told mjolnir wow i got it right yes. um they told whoa, mjolnir whoa, whoa. Whoa, where's the record scratch on that one? <laughs> I don't know. You have the soundboard. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Wait. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's, by the time he looks for it, hey, the end Grandpa of the Joe, did you find it? <laughs> it's no. here somewhere. It's but yeah. Um, so basically, Thor, you know, has, you know, basically, I guess, like, inadvertently put some kind of thing so that she. Has... There it is. There we go. Wow. That was weird. That was <laughs> A minute and a half later, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we know that now that's how Jane gets the, the, the hammer and right. she becomes the mighty Thor. 
How did you like the look? How did you like how they introduced this separate storyline into, you know, this whole, um, you know, gore storyline? Because it's two, because anybody who reads the comic books, these are two separate storylines that they're combining. Separate and unrelated by years in, right. in real time, in real time years, not, not comic book years. Um, well, the, the way they tried to combine these two is exactly what the term ham fisted means, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, but again, I mean, was it fine? It was, it was you know, good seeing uh, the, the female Thor, Lady Thor, whatever you want to call it, the mighty Thor, whatever you want to go. Um, the way they went about it, eh, you know, it's like, Suddenly, now Mjolnir and Stormbreaker suddenly have personalities, and evidently they're they're basically jealous women, um, you know. But Thor can talk to Mjolnir and tell it to watch over her and look out for her and always protect her, even though he didn't cast it as a spell upon it. So that was just general conversation, I guess, through this rock that remembered it, heard it, and responded to it. Um, very weird. It was very like, we don't know how to get her to have this hammer. Here you go. Um, not the worst I've ever seen of something trying to figure out how to make it work. But again, it, it felt to me just like what it was, which was we had to have a reason. It didn't feel organic at all, in other words. Ravi? What was the question? Uh oh, the question was, how do you feel about James Foster's inclusion? Not only of you know the, her having cancer, but the whole explanation of how she gets Mjolnir and um, oh, how failed. she becomes. I'm sorry. Yeah, he I, failed that time, but I wasn't going to say. I, <laughs> but the hammer. So the, the explanation <laughs> of her getting the hammer, and also the look of the mighty Thor. You know, what'd you think? So I had a feeling that that was the direction in which they were going to go with, like something along the lines of of Mjolnir reacting to her because of something that Thor had done inadvertently. Not not that she was actually worthy of it mm -hmm. because she did something that to earn the the strength of the right. hammer right. and the power. Um overall I I did think I I'm not gonna lie, I liked the look of, of oh, she looked great. Gave her. She looked great. Um she it was interesting though because like, like for someone who I guess she's enjoying the power, right? Because she she was way too lighthearted, even during that like the battle on on New Asgard. Like, she mm -hmm. she swoops in and she's so serious and whatnot. But then she's throwing out these catchphrases that she's trying to do. I'm like, so now she's they're trying yeah. to make her too much like Thor. Exactly. Suddenly she it said the the power of Thor, not the personality of Thor. Yeah. But but I think but I think <laughs> yeah. that, that I think that if you know. I, I'm okay with the fact of her being kind of like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do this now because I think that with her, it's a little bit more understandable. A woman who had stage four cancer found out that she can have the, you know, the power of Thor and become a hero and no, kick ass. I, I, get I mean, you know, who wouldn't be happy? She's trying just, to live. I get right, but I, my thing is, if this was her training session, like we saw her like just honing her powers, she's trying to do something silly, no problem. She's in the midst of trying to save lives. She's not an experienced hero. You know, but yet your joke, 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 joke. It's again, it's no, it it's, doesn't feel like it would work. And it also doesn't feel like her character. I mean, she's not somber and serious, but she's also not an airhead that wouldn't realize that what she's trying to do is really important, which is save people's lives. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, like I said, again, it's almost like she got the personality of Thor, which is not part of the spell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, oh, but, we... I, but I, so I did want to run to one other thing that also we got, which I absolutely despise because it's like they, I mean, obviously they realized the whole problem that they had, which is I might be exaggerating by a day or two, but I'm not far off when I say she's his girlfriend of three days. The only relationship they had was in the first Thor movie. He sees her again in the second Thor movie. And I think even then she said, it was, I think in that movie, it's been two years since they saw each other. But then, I think, yeah, but that relationship, I think after after the end of the second Thor, that's where I think that they had that they relationship. They did not. I, I forget. I can't remember how it ends. But no, they, they definitely weren't together at the end of that Thor either. Yeah, they were because he shows up at the end. And because he shows up at the door, they're they're kissing, and that's when that that monster was in the yard. At the at, it's it's the second ending. It's the the post credit right. ending. Oh, I'm sorry, that's true. That's why I forgot about right. that. But I, so it's still one of these things of where I'm like, I, you've never because again, you've never hear him mention even in the third one. You know, you know they're broken up, and it's like, well, when did all of this take place exactly? I mean, because it's now been eight years later after that. Because he said in this movie, it's been like eight eight and a half years, and I'm like, right. but how long did you guys go out? <laughs> you know, they, they do talk about it because when they show how Mjolnir got in, you know uh, was dispelled or yeah, spelled I don't know, was enchanted to to work for Jane you see that in the cutscenes and you see no that that's that's what I'm talking about is all of the cutscenes they in other words they've given us a Thor and Jane that we have literally never been and I don't mean a play-by-play -play, but we have never in any sense felt that they have gone out to that degree well, there's you some know. things that I mean, like, have you seen the the, the 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 Thor shorts? I'm sorry. There's a short. There's a bunch of shorts that they did with Thor, where he has a roommate, and it's on it's on Disney Plus when you get a chance, because they okay. do a lot of referencing of those characters and those kind of jokes in the movie. Now, I'm not saying this makes no, it right. I'm not saying this makes it right, but there, you know, there's a couple of things about those years between the second Thor and the third Thor that they fill in some of the gaps. Not all, some. I so do agree though, are that- are they, is she in those and they're in a relationship? She's not in though, but they but they, they reference her in them. They reference, you know, some of yeah. that stuff because Thor is uh, no, made. It's, right? it's, yeah, it's, not, it's not Disney Plus, but I agree that it's one of those things that they didn't really explain well. Well, because I mean, they didn't explain well. I mean, even with their, their cutscenes, what I'm saying is that you've now forced me into knowing that they've had a relationship. You know what I mean? Like I, I have, because again, screen wise, they barely ever had any type of relationship. So, you know, it's like, I, like in other words, I don't have feelings one way or another. And I certainly don't have feelings when she dies. I, I don't have this relationship with Jane because you've given me no relationship with Jane. You've you told me that they had a great life, you know? You didn't care about Jane dying? How dare you? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Um, I mean, it's funny because between that relationship and then like Mike mentioned quickly, the, the relationship between the hammer and, and the axe, I was like, what the hell am I watching? Oh, well, that just got ridiculous. But I, I'm sorry, just real fast. I want to go back to uh, uh, Ralph. How did you feel about the relationship with, I mean, do you feel it felt appropriate film wise or, I mean, did, did it make you care about her death any more or less or? I mean, her death did tug at my heartstrings, but it's MCU, you know they're going to find a way to bring her back into the fold of, of the universe if, if they really choose to. I mean, at the very end, you see her entering Valhalla, so mm -hmm. you know she's not really gone. 
Well, I mean, right. yeah, I mean, she, well, she is dead. She's just in their land of death. I, I will not be surprised. I won't be happy, but I won't be surprised if I <laughs> see her the next time we see her, even if it's in two or three movies, not Thor, but like anywhere, any in the movies, on a, a winged horse as a Valkyrie. That will not surprise me. Speaking of Valkyrie, real quick, what do we think about how they treated Valkyrie as the new head of New Asgard and, and what yeah. they show her with Meek and, you know, like, you know, how do we feel about their representation of what Valkyrie is now? Get it straight. She's the king. The king, right. Sorry, the king. She earned that shit. Yeah. Well, did she? No. No, that's why I say she didn't earn it. She just was given it. Um, and just how she got the kingship, that's how they treated it. Meaning that you saw like, oh, she had to do obligatory, obligatory things and blah, blah, blah. But and now on to the other part of the movie. So what she was doing, I couldn't tell you. You know, I mean, besides you know, opening up restaurants and stores or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they just showed her to be a politician, but we don't know what she's done for her people. We don't know that she's made them proud or not proud of BS Gar. We have no clue. They 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 spent as little time on her kingship as they could possibly have done it. Uh and then she was just off leaving her people alone and undef and and, un and unguarded by leadership. <laughs> you know. Well I actually have her campaign brochure here. It says <laughs> um this was this free health care, um, <laughs> education reform. Uh, they're fixing the sewers and the roads yeah, and, and meat and and, and and monthly meat delivery. Yeah. <laughs> and, and evidently these things say, yeah, these are the things she said she's going to do, but we have what? yet to see them. <laughs> you know, um, um, yeah, that was just my only thing with that was just that, like, you know, we didn't get a sense and then she's off and gone. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> I feel I, like. I feel like they could have they they could have done more. I, I did like the way she looked, you know, like she, you know, but um, they really could have done more. But then again, you do more with her. Once again, you're taking away from gore, you know. Well, you're taking away I, from the story and the jokes and the gore because right. they decided to write the story this way. They put too much in for the type of movie that they wanted to make. You know, I feel like there was a really big opportunity, and I'll mention this when when they went to Omnipotent City. That was where things kind of took a turn where you're like, oh, man, this is I mean, we knew what kind of movie it was from the intro after Gore. But when we got to Omnipotent City, how did you guys feel about how they handled everything there? I feel like they really effed it up there. And I'll wait for you guys to speak before I, I add my two cents. You didn't love the God of Dumplings, Bao? Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I have no particular thought. I mean, it's it wasn't the most hard. It wasn't like, oh, God, this is the most horrible thing I've ever seen. It just was another scene for me. It was just another scene for them to be silly. And, you know, it, it again, like I keep saying before, there's a a whisper of plot. So they, the whisper of plots there. Oh, I've come there to ask for help and blah, 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 blah. But most of that is taken up with the silliness and then a justified resolution. I'm like, well, we know what happens in the end scene, but it's like, so you went to omnipotent city to ask for help from the gods and then killed the main god. That was my issue. I'm like, I'm like, so he didn't die. Once again, going back to the purpose of this story about how the gods are selfish, thinking nothing of themselves, da, 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 but our Thor is supposed to be an exception. And it's not even like this is a learning lesson. Like, oh, he realizes he was, no, no, no. It just seems to be that the story is ignoring the fact that he is literally why Gore wants these people dead, <laughs> you know? 
He's he's not an exception to why he wants the people dead. He's exactly why he wants these gods dead. Um, and and I didn't think it helped. It's just like you just killed a god. No one else seems to have reacted to this in a room full of gods. I mean, I'm like, come on, <laughs> you know. And and to get a fly away at the end, I mean, a throwaway at the end of oh, you know, we'll probably have a bunch of gods hunting us down for the rest of eternity. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I guess that was your big repercussion. Yeah, no no biggie. Ralph, based on your reaction, sounded like you liked Omnipotent City. I didn't have that much of an issue with it, though. The biggest issue I had with Omnipotent, Omnipotent. Aha! It's your Mjolnir. <laughs> right, we all no, have one. We all have one. Yeah, you did a great that time. Did I? Yes. Did I? <laughs> Omnipotent City was the fact of the accent that they chose to give Zeus. I was like, what is, was this like, they were trying to go for uh, Greek, but they went all the way Italian? Like, what, what was that? Yeah, it was a weird Greek accent. And I'm like, and that's the thing. I'm like, he's not Italian. Oh, you don't know what a Greek accent sounds like. Gotcha. <laughs> like, I, I could understand if you called them Jupiter and went Roman. I'd be like, right. And just started speaking in Latin, but I'd be like, huh. Yeah, that, that was just weird. The accent was really weird. Everything else was kind of funny. Though, the, the uh, I mean, they, at the very end, you, you notice, you see that he didn't actually kill Zeus. I guess he, he was either just wounded. They don't say he was mortally wounded or not because he's still alive. I just wish that they had really done Hercules in the Omnipotent City when he was there. I would have loved to see Hercules there. You know, well, I mean, that was their—they were saving. They're saving after later. That's otherwise, big reveal. It would have been expected that he would have attacked. You would think, yeah, that right? you just killed this guy's father. You know, he would have been like, "My name is Hercules. You killed my father. Not prepared to die." Oh my he, gosh! He wasn't in the—he wasn't in a karate movie, was he? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was in Ego Montoya. Ah, um, that he was. <laughs> I, I guess for me, Omnipotent City showed me that we're going for. I mean. And we saw it all throughout the movie, but Omnipotent City showed um, we're not going to care as much for killing the um, for killing the god as much as we're talking about, you know, having the ghost crash in and, you know, having Gore be a face, you know, be, be a face as, as his rock is destroyed and, and he's going to be tied onto Valkyrie and he's going to be a floating face. Throughout. That's more important than the fact that you killed Zeus. Yeah. And, and also, I, I didn't understand, like, what it is that we, Zeus or anyone, why they would not have gone after Gore. He's this, he is a conduit for the sword, just like the guy that was dead at, at was it Rapu or whatever his God's name was? The feet of that guy, Gore's God. Yeah. Where the sword, evidently not too hard to kill. <laughs> you know, like, like, like you, there was no mighty battle with a version of Thor and another Thor and another, evidently it was really easy to kill, but yet this one's really hard to kill makes no sense like the gods would have been like even even if they lost that's what it should have been they should have been like oh yeah we'll easily kill this guy and then that that would have excited me to see some of the gods that you know that we kind of know of or even don't know of try and see and even they got defeated because that yeah. meant that would have meant something that would have up thor i mean gore into a little bit more of a danger territory but they didn't all right all right um now it's 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 funny because how long is this movie, Mike? I'm not sure if you said it in your, in your synopsis. I think it's an hour and 59 minutes, I believe. Did, it felt like it was, you know, like 
it was summed up a little too quick. Yes. Like I can't like it took very long in the beginning, and by the time you got to where you know they they, they go to the was the planet of shadows or the or the, mm-hmm. the realm of shadows the realm of shadows yeah which I I loved visually I loved it the black I loved the way that good. looked yeah. it looked great and I I said over and over like visually that was good there's a couple of things that the movie tried to do that that was okay mm-hmm. with I was okay with um very LGBTQ positive Korg and Valkyrie yeah. and it it didn't that didn't feel uh, as hampers it's just them talking about love okay yeah. I, I was with that i was happy but with so much other stuff it doesn't have a chance to like you know well also with korg which is really funny because of course you know all the the, the right-wing nutters are out there like you know hating despising grooming blah, blah 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 because with the movie and it's like valkyrie didn't do anything much you know like i said she's just talking about missing love and da 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 da, da. and korg he just said this is the way his people are so you i mean you know we don't know what his plan is like because obviously they don't need females for reproduction at all i don't know if they have what we would consider females and they would also be and if that's the case then they really would not have any sense of him right because they would just be that other person because there would be no him for there to be a her it would just be this is how we reproduce uh, you know um so yeah and uh by the way they did say that uh what did say that uh Naming his 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 lover Dwayne was a reference to The Rock. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he said that. Yeah, I mean it's obvious. Oh, Dwayne and he's a rock. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't even think. Just, I yeah. thought it was two on the nose for that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So you know, but, I, you but know. there were th- there were moments that I felt like that you know that 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 could have been you know in a better movie might have been a good step up for Marvel. But there were so many other things that they kept doing, like the like the the the. The paper thin villain, you know, the, mm-hmm. the one that doesn't have much behind him or, you know, too much comedy, not enough substance. Um, how do we feel about empowering the kids to be in the final battle? Look at Ralph smiling. I Look was, at Ralph smiling. I was just waiting for the teddy bear. That shit yeah, oh, was you hilarious. Knew. Oh, or rabbit or whatever that thing was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you knew that was coming because she didn't go to reach for anything else. When I saw that, I was like, oh, that thing's going to be firing la- laser all over the place. Um, well, I'm like, well. They, they took a 20 year or less than that now, I guess maybe 15 to 20 year resolution from Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> and decided to use that as the way to to, to give everyone power. Um, or You're the second person who has told me that. Oh, did you ever did you watch Buffy? No. That's oh, the, OK. The same, the, so my uh, one of my co-workers loves Buffy. And when he saw the movie, he turned to his wife and said, oh, my God, look, it's the same thing that they did in Buffy. Yeah, and then <laughs> when he when he talked to me the next day at work, he's like, "Have you seen Buffy?" I'm like, "It's a it's a good show, but never really got into it." And so he was telling me about the scene with all the Slayers and how they got empowered, and I'm like, "Oh wow, and I did, guess it kind of is the same." And, and and did he tell you what was used to empower them? No, he didn't tell me that. It was magic put onto an axe from oh. the first Slayer. Oh, an axe that Thor has. Yeah. Ah, I yeah. do see. Yeah, you really but- did. You did really did take this directly from Buffy. I mean, again, not for, I mean, it was still cute. Um, I mean, they also use the same plot line in Shazam, for, you know, not that that wasn't a crap who's, movie on its own. Who's the director uh, in uh, Buffy? Uh, Joss Whedon, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows if he did those particular episodes, yeah. but I mean, that was his, that was his uh, love child. That was baby, um, yeah. I mean, it, it was fine. Like I said, it was just, it's fine. I mean, that, you know, thank God none of the kids got killed because that would have been. <laughs> yeah, that would have been horrible. <laughs> that would have been a thing. But what made me mad with that scene was, all you had to think was, okay, 
So first of all, on paper, which seems to be some type of prophecy because it, it would make no sense that I Gore- I know where you're going. Right, yeah, Go. you know where I'm going with you're, You Go. probably know in both directions where I'm going with this. It's two things. Gore wouldn't have known about Thor to have drawn up the paperwork of how to get to eternity because that would make no sense because he would not directly have known who Thor was. Um, and if it's the sword providing him with this information, the necro sword, then we need to know that because we don't know. So otherwise that only leaves it as a prophecy. And if it's a prophecy, then that means that everyone had to know he was going to make Stormbreaker because it's not like Stormbreaker existed like Mjolnir did and was made long ago. He literally just made it a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So that also makes no sense that this is some prophecy. Also, same scene. So that was that was just ridiculous. Now, the other scene that gets me when he empowers the kids, he empowers them by enchantment. The same enchantment he could have said was, if anyone tries to touch Stormbreaker and they are not blankety blankety blank, it won't work. So he could have stopped that from ever becoming a problem just by enchanting Stormbreaker because we see he has the power to enchant any object he wishes. But I think the only thing is that when he enchanted the thing onto Mjolnir, that was accidental. I think by the time- No, but he intentionally did it to the children. Yeah, no, but I'm saying is he re he realized that stuff. So, by the, so when he had Stormbreaker, he didn't realize he had that ability, you know? I think he knew, he had to have known because he wouldn't have known how to do it. So oh, yeah. <laughs> the, I, I had the same thought about Stormbreaker. The fact that like here you have Mjolnir that if you're not worthy to wield it, it's it's heavy as shit and it's immovable. Right now, Stormbreaker is apparently the opposite. It goes with everybody. That thing is just loosey goosey. It's like, hey, and, and, and light is a, and light is a feather because he yeah. throws it to a little kid. Yeah. And, and, and it catches it, it and uses it like nothing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but then, uh, so the other thing that I that I thought was like the reason why he's never done this before, also is because he did use Zeus's thunderbolt in order to enchant the kids, right? So maybe he didn't have enough power to do it on that scale before. Okay, Interesting. very possible. And again, I, I, at least I at least take that. That's a, a much more plausible answer. But yeah, it is just one of those weird things. You're like, really, guy? Because <laughs> you know? if, if if you say it's just the lightning, he he brings down the lightning constantly, you right? Know? And so it's like if if he could just empower people, he could just have a whole army behind him using Mjolnir in the past and be like, all right, he who if if you're worthy for the next hour, you're Thor now. Here you go, boom. I've I've got something that might have been even weirder. Now Mike is Mike, you know, is a big deep Marvel comic book, you know, follower. Not that Ralph's not. I'll but, cut you about Marvel, man. I'll cut you. No, no. Here's what here's what I'm gonna say. The idea of eternity being a being can be a little heady. Do you think it had any place in this movie? Because I know Thanks. the whole object was for him to go to eternity. And make his wish well to the altar of eternity. So they, the altar of eternity. They they didn't they didn't flat out say that that was eternity, even though it had the shape of eternity. It had the shape of eternity. I was right. like, and it had a cosmos in it, right? So they never said it was. They said he's going to the altar of eternity, but yeah, I mean, they didn't know where to go with that, and I, you know, I. I I, I'll be kind and say they did the best they could, even though I don't believe that statement at all. Um, I just think that they were like, well, this is kind of where we went, and Mike, let's not get too meta. Is eternity a, a wish granting being? I, I never. No, 
Eternity right. is yes. just the entirety of our entire. Right. I don't know which one's bigger, cosmos or universe. Whatever is the biggest thing that encompasses all in our cosmos. Yeah. So yeah, he is. He is right. literally our cosmos that you'd have to be outside of our cosmos in order to actually be able to see him. Yeah. You know? so, as a, he's so. Eternity is the representation of space, and infinity is the representation of time, or is it the opposite? Yes. Eternity is space. I know eternity that. Eternity is space, and yeah. the sister infinity is time. I think that is the way that works. Then. And do right. you see what I'm talking about? My view. I feel like it was a little too heady. I feel like. Well, I mean, was... especially without any explanation, it wasn't like right. like you know where they've explained this in previous films or whatever, and Even then the here we are. In the beginning, talking about the altar of eternity. Oh, what are you talking about? Well, eternity is an actual being. You know, like if you'd have right. done that. But even me, who knows this stuff, and I'm watching it, I loved visually what it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it looked just, great. It was exactly. It looked, oh, no, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic to see, you know, and with the, the partial face, you know, that you see out of it. Oh, no, it was, it was wonderful for comic book heads. I mean, that's who it's for. Because anyone else that's never read, and it's not like you just casually read a comic. You had to read enough comics where Eternity, which does not pop up very often, was in for you even to appreciate that fact that they had Eternity in there. Right. You know? Um, I mean, yeah, I thought it was it was it was cool to see it, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it did make a headache because also then it gets down to so you know now Gore gets to he you know he gets to the portal he's he's now in front of Eternity and he gets to make his wish, which first of all the resolution to him not destroying all the gods or everything was love season five through eight of Flash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was just I was just away. angry that that was that was so it was season five three to flash but I guess we're supposed to realize that when the sword was destroyed and by the way I don't understand that scene the, the sword getting destroyed you know it breaks it goes to the hammer then she blasted and I, I don't understand how all that worked but I guess now that it's destroyed again he may be angry but it was the sword that was magnifying that anger I guess that's what we're supposed to have gathered by time in front of is, yes. eternity. But what really got me was I'm like, you know, I they didn't say that that eternity was just like, oh, you just get to make a wish and that's that. Like, you know, he could have said, Hey, I wish to have my daughter back and be healed to live with her through our natural lives. What he did was, I'm gonna bring my daughter back and die in her arms. I'm sure that won't traumatize her. Not at all. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but <laughs> the only thing I'll weird. say as a defense, because you're right, Mike, but as a defense, he did say you know, he wished for his daughter. And then after that, that's when he said, oh, I'm dying. So it's almost like wishes made. Oh, shit. I've, it's like going to the store and buying something. When you leave, you go, fuck. No, no, no. But he, <laughs> he knew he was dying the whole time. As soon as he before he even touched the necro sword, because the guy said, oh, yeah, look, it's, it's a cursed sword that it's, the moment you touch it, you're going to die. So well, remember, because like, after he makes the wish, he goes, "Oh, I'm dying!" Like he's surprised. Like he's like, "Oh, I'm dying!" Like, so I I, I can see that, but still, it, eh. sloppily done. Yeah, sloppily exactly. done. Exactly. And, yeah, and exactly. not for nothing, if I'm Thor, and I've got Jane Foster in my arms, and she goes, "No, she'll be taken care of." Fuck out of here! You're dying. You, you, I'm left alone with the kid. <laughs> Gore's last Gore's last sight would be me killing his kid. Why? Well, Jane's taking care of her, but she's gonna be in Valhalla, so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, that's when Thor calls Sif. Sif, how do you need a hand, dude? If if at the at the end credit, if her arm had been shown floating around Valhalla, I would have I would I would have just murdered somebody. Just letting you know that, by the way. <laughs> if Sif's arm was floating in Valhalla, I'd have been pissed. You know the deleted scene with that. 
probably somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Anything but, else um, we want to? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying. So, I, like, I mean, I, I wasn't happy with the resolution. I mean, it, again, it was a wrap-up resolution, which, for a movie that costs, you know, two hundred fifty million bucks, you know, in total, if not more, it, it felt very like, and we just wrapped up this TV show, and you're like, really? This is what you're giving me? And also yeah. the fact that I also was not happy that it did not push, improve, or add at all to Phase Four. We, you know, we don't get that many movies in a year that you're like, ah, oh, just ignore anything. We don't need to push our agenda forward. It's like, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> you know? I you mean, the shows they, are doing more, the shows are pushing more of the agenda yeah. than the movies are. Because you figure the only thing we got, which is not a phase four push, I mean, again, it could be more, but I'm talking about as far as what we see, is we're going to see Hercules, who's probably going to be pissed about, you know, him almost killing Zeus. It's like, but that's not a phase four thing. That's a Thor thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, so you gave us nothing. And seeing Jane in Valhalla, I was like, I don't give a damn where that woman went. Unless you see Hercules <laughs> in uh, The Eternals 2 or something. Right. Yeah, replacing Gilgamesh. <laughs> I, I'll say this, though. I was happy to see... Um, I was happy happy to see... Um, oh, Heimdall? Heimdall, yeah. Because I know the actor is, you know, wasn't too fond of Marvel when he left. And then obviously he did Suicide Squad. He's done a couple of other hero-type things. I remember mm -hmm. he swore off doing it. So to see him there, I was like, okay. All right, uh, you know. Yeah, cool. yeah. Money has a way of making you say, okay. Yeah, was, <laughs> I guess. The conversation went like this. Hey, so, Mr. Idris, how about, <laughs> is it? How much cheddar, no moolah, will it take to bring you back to the table? And then he goes, well, Mouse, uh, add a few more zeros to that and just give me one scene and I'll do it. All right, you got yourself a deal. You forgot the last part, my, um, Ralph. Who's that? There we go. I got it in unison. I'm good with that. So, anything else before we go? Yeah, I, I did want to say one other thing too. Like, and again, it's 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 a nit well, it's not that nitpicky. I, I guess it's for considering that Jane Foster, you know, pick she's. I'm gonna. I am gonna pick it. It's Jane Foster looking for her catchphrases. She's the strong female role model. Um, you know, at this now at this point, doing this. Um, and. As a writer, I'm not because again, she's not a real character. So as a writer, what they give this forward female role model, this female Thor, this character that's like, I'm still a woman, they give her a man's catchphrase. Eat my, my hammer. hammer. Yeah. What's a hammer? We all know slang. It's like, and we also know what the expression is, you know, just, you know, so it's like you gave her a male catchphrase well she couldn't that's what you know she couldn't say eat my shorts because then bart simpson's gonna come out of nowhere and be what? like nah man that's my catchphrase <laughs> just just gets a skateboard to the back of her head uh <laughs> but you know, you know what i mean it was just was one of those things where i was just like yeah you, you what would you want to say like, like like suck on this like a nipple i mean what do you want her to say <laughs> I, I don't know i mean it's not like there's only like four words in the entire world that they could have used for a catchphrase they that's they're writers and they get paid millions of dollars they could have thought of something I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Though I don't be mad see that it was just such a male thing for a woman to say, you know, and it's just like, ah. What did you say? Feel the force of feminism. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph got it. Oh. Ah, Urethra. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ralph, do you have anything else you want to add before we go through renaming and ratings? Good point, Mike. Good point. Um, I did have something. It wasn't about the 12 labias of Hercules, was it? <laughs> That's a good one. Hold on, hold on. <laughs>
That's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> he went through those women one after another, man. It was crazy. Wow. Um, I just thought it was very irresponsible of Gore to leave his daughter with a known, like, uh, philanderer and, and, and party machine, like, totally irresponsible. Dude has a cactus that died. You know how hard it is to kill a cactus? Yes, I do. <laughs> My mother killed lots. Holy goodness. Ridiculous. Like, yeah. come on. Like, Holy mean, goodness. Someone should definitely call but also, like, space child but... services on them. Like, it's crazy. Also, let me just think of this. All right. I brought my daughter back. I'm dying. All right. Uh, I'm going to leave my daughter with you. You know, the guy that has had to rescue all the children I kidnapped and tortured for days and whose well, he, town he I ransacked. Them. And I mean, well, I mean, he scared them. That That is mental abuse you know he oh. ripped off the head of a snake okay, in front of them right. <laughs> you know um you know it's like and murdered all these other gods some of which you knew but you know take care of my kid yeah. no and, and, you and, and also <laughs> you know i've been trying to kill you a few times i'm sorry about that i stole your axe you know i used it to try to for my own personal uh means but you're gonna take care of my kid right right yeah. I, i'll say right. this she said you're gonna take care of my kid so you're gonna do it right and then seeing that smart mouth kid, which by the way, oh, I, Mike, I another... Mike, get out of my brain. I was just gonna say, Jesus Christ, as man, much I can't as I wanted it. to like the kid, now mind you, that's that's Chris Hemsworth's kid. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. So that so the idea of having, you know, would I love to be in a scene with my daughter? Absolutely. Would I like to do something as like an homage of a daughter-father relationship? Absolutely. But she just seemed like a little like twit where you're like, mm. and, yeah. and, and for those who Obviously, it's, a, it's a, not a visual podcast. Me just flicking her because she just seems like a little smart mouth. It's yeah. like, oh, she's not enduring at all. Yeah, yeah. It, it was hilarious though. Um, so to to wrap it up, I'll say what I um, what I told the friend of mine. So he asked me, "What is uh, Thor and Love and Thunder like?" I was like, "Well, um, picture someone telling you like an old Viking story, right?" Where you're sitting around a campfire and they're telling you this adventurous Viking story. This is basically what it is. When Korg is sitting, having the kids sitting around, I felt like the whole movie was just that. Right. Him, him just sitting around telling the story of Thor. Okay. That's what the whole yeah. thing felt like. Which is not a bad thing. Right. But I expected more. Yeah. But also, yeah. it's it's like, I agree with what Ralph was saying there, but it also felt like he's telling that story. Eh, but maybe he had a little bit too much, you know, like, you know, drink, <laughs> yeah. hot. Embellished. He embellished. Hot. He, you know, he, he just had a little bit too much opium that day. You know? Laugh breaks, <laughs> wandered off, <laughs> off tangent. You know what it was? So, it, some some of it was told by Abe Simpson to fill in for an hour. <laughs> right. Now I go to bathroom. Take on the rest of the story. All righty. <laughs> Anyhow, there was Hitler and I was with Zeus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, at least the goat didn't tell the story. Anyway. Oh, the goats. Oh, my God. Uh, well, not, you, you know they're in the comics, right? His yeah. world. Well, but but also the goats are actually part of the Thor. So I mean they didn't. He's had those goats since he was yeah Thor. But it's like, just that, that's actually how he yeah that's how he gets across uh, the the fact that Thor being in a boat chariot like thing pulled by goats is actually the Thor story. Yeah yeah I, I that's know that's that. how he travels around. No I was letting oh, the audience with know. screaming goats like that. Well they're I mean, goats. They I mean you assume they scream, but they're goats. Yeah <laughs> you know they're well, giant I, goats. I've never so, been around goats. So the like screaming them. goats is is, is part of the meme. Yeah it's part of the meme yeah. But it, that, yeah. that, was, that shit was just hilarious. When I saw the goats, I'm like, oh, my God, yes. Finally, the war goats. Yes. Oh, my goodness. All right. In the comics, they're actually badass. Yeah. All right. 
Let's go into it. Renaming the movie. I have a feeling I have to go first. Ralph? Yes, yes you do. Okay. So I'm going to call this movie Thor, Loathe and Blunder. They really missed an opportunity oh, here, guys. Oh, yeah. Loathe and Blunder. <laughs> Ralph? Uh, Thor, Love, No Wonder. Wow, okay. <laughs> Mike? Deadpool 3. <laughs> oh, wow. Yep, that's that. No, wow. There was no cursing. There was no breaking of the fourth wall. What are you talking about? Come on. There was no penises. I mean, there's nothing. All right. Let's talk about it. Well, we imagined, we imagined his was waving in the breeze because it made the women pass out. Oh, yeah. In a, <laughs> that scene was hilarious. Yeah. You flicked too hard, hilarious. damn it. Felt, too hard. Felt, felt a little too, you know, on the nose. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, the, the scene was too much on this, but I like the follow-up scene when he's like, and there's others in disguise. And they're like, nope, nope, we're out of disguise. Oh, that was, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that I was, cracked that up. And they're like, we're funny. out of disguise. Nope, here we are. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's go into it. Ratings for Thor, Love and Thunder. Ralph. I give Thor, Love and Thunder six and a half, close to a seven-ish, maybe a 7.1. Uh war goats pulling that ship on the rainbow road to wow. out of town wow. <laughs> to, uh, to the shadowlands I'm, I'm wondering how much of a hater i am i gave it five korgs being strapped to valkyries back out of ten. <laughs> oh, korg korg is just hilarious you you're not alone in your hate i gave it five surprise another smart mouth mr hate child out of ten <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for you to say something about the kid Oh. <laughs> I was already ready for an end and they threw that at me and I'm like really? Well they had to justify <laughs> the name of the movie no, well yeah oh that made it even worse <laughs> that, that, that definitely made it a little bit bad but you know worse not bad Already, it was already bad alright so there you have it Thor Love and Thunder yeah you can wait for it on a rainy day when you got nothing else to do trust me don't go to the movie theater to see it but guys don't go anywhere Rocket Review is next. Hi, I'm MFG, and this is my two-minute rocket review of the FX television series, Mr. Inbetween. If you thought New York City and Chicago were the only cities with unchecked criminal activity, it's time to take a flight to the underbelly of the land down under, where it's been said that women glow and men plunder. Mr. Inbetween follows the life of Ray Shoesmith, played by the show's writer and creator, Scott Ryan. Ray is a charismatic criminal for hire, an enforcer, debt collector, drug courier, gun runner, you name it. You employ Ray to take care of people, a phrase that encompasses anything from barely veiled threats to a bullet to the head. The series is a dramedy told in 30-minute segments with Ray juggling his various jobs with parental responsibilities, friendships, and looking after his family. Ray is not an enforcer with a heart of gold trope, his heart is made of improperly poured concrete with a couple of rusty rebars dropped in for additional support. He is a man that demands respect and is quick to deal with individuals that betray his clearly defined code of ethics. Scott Ryan plays Ray with a relaxed aggression. His awkward smile can both charm and chill. In fact, one of the best aspects of the show is that Ray is not looking to go straight. His life is an eclectic assortment of luggage and one of those suitcases happens to exist in a very violent world. But the show is not all bullets and blood. Ray's ride-or-die best friend Gary entertains with his unabashed sexual kinks and half-baked side hustles. And Ray's brother Bruce, who is in a declining battle with motor neuron disease, rounds the show with heart. You might not want Ray to be your bestie, 
but you love him to be the neighbor you get along with really well. Mr. Inbetween ran for three seasons from 2018 to 2021 for 26 episodes. Reruns of the series can be found on Hulu and Prime Video. With its occasional vigilante social justice notes, quirky violence, misty-eyed moments, and laugh-out-loud humor, I give Mr. Inbetween a shit-eating 9 out of 10 grin. I'm MFG, and that's my two-minute rocket review. Geeks on the go. More love, less time. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I couldn't find at the, at the end, if she had actually, when he was just like, let's go, love, if she had gone, sure thing, Thunder. <laughs> oh, I would have vomited. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, everybody. It was pretty you know- funny to see that, that freeze frame of her wielding freaking uh, Stormbreaker in the air and him holding Mjolnir with a painted face onto it. You have a weird idea what funny is. Stormbreaker. Strong enough to nearly kill Thanos, light enough for a child to carry. Exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, real knives are like that. (laughs) I don't think real knives are going to kill Thanos, so. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, they they, they can cause damage, you know. That's true. That's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh, goodness. This is a knife. (laughs) <laughs> all right, all right, you bad accent mofos. I give quick questions, they give quick answers in this segment on all things geek, and we make it under a minute every now and again. We didn't even try with jazz. Shout out to jazz, but we might make it under here. But Ralph hates me. Ralph just does. He hates me. He hates me. Or at least for this segment, he hates me. I've never heard an intro to a segment that lasts a minute that's taken three minutes. Have you, have you not heard your synopsis? <laughs> My synopsis doesn't take one minute. It's never said that. What? You bucket. Okay. <laughs> Ready, set, go. Which Marvel franchise should have ended after its first movie, Mike? Fantastic Four or Ghost Rider. You choose. <laughs> oh, wow. Ralph. I really wish Kick-Ass was part of the Marvel, so I could say that. Um... But I have to agree with uh, Mike, Fantastic Four. Okay. Which Marvel franchise can justify making more movies about it? Ralph. Spider-Man. Oh, wow, that Spider-Man. was easy. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Mike? Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Mike, uh, Daredevil, now that Affleck is not involved. Oh, oh, okay. I have to agree and with that one, too. What grade would you collectively give all of the MCU films released after Endgame? Ralph. I mean, that'll do, Pig, but you could do better. Okay, Mike. B plus. All right, and we got it under a minute, but wait, hold on. Hold on. First of all, I want my applause. I want my flowers. Wait, wait, you got to let it finish. No, you don't have to let it finish. You, you have, you to, have to play it out. You have to let it finish. And now, where's my applause? No, this is what you got. I'll deal. I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, I mean, it's funny. The tiara's in the mail. <laughs> I really feel like this whole this this bunch of Marvel movies have been like a mishmash of things. Like they don't know what they're doing. It really feels like they don't know where they're going. Really? It does. It I does. Have that problem. I mean, the Black Widow obviously should have come out way earlier. I mean, because it had nothing to do with anything else. But that was a good movie. Then we were followed by Shang Chi, uh, Eternals. I enjoyed. It. I mean, it, it sets up for stuff. It had its problems, but I still enjoyed it. Then you had Doctor Strange, and you have this. I'm they, they, pretty good with them. It feels like they're they're, they're either begin like they're, they're not together. They just feel like they're in different spots. Like I feel like if, I wish we would have had Black Widow, Doctor Strange, and 
Spy and and well, yeah, Spider Man No Way Home, and then start a new phase. Start and start with the Eternals and start a new phase, and then right. bring Lord, you know, for Eleven. Then like, I just feel like it's you're bouncing in and out, back and forth, in all these places. Right. Whereas the other movies were, for the most part, streamlining what the big bad was gonna be. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we realize that even even for the hoes at home that did not know anything about the Infinity Gauntlet, the point was every movie for the most part seemed to deal with something about one of the stones. Right. For the most part. Not saying everyone did, but just a lot of them did for the most part. I mean, there were a lot that didn't. I mean, think about most of the Iron Man films. Well, it was nothing, form you know, had nothing to do with any of them. That was just forming the Avengers. Oh, they're know. forming the Avengers, yeah. Which movie was about the kidney stone? Uh, <laughs> I would never wish that on anybody. I hear that's horrible. I mean, that's why Thanos was so ornery because he just had a really big kidney stone. He had to pass. Yeah, that was the the uh, the movie that came out right before this one, which was uh, Thor: Piss and Vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I'll that one. That over the movie we got. <laughs> All right, shout outs, shout outs, gentlemen. Who are we shouting out? I would like to shout out myself for having been such an amazing person my whole life i'm just so humble and and you know so down to earth and, and i feel that i do an amazing job everywhere that i go you do an amazing job pausing so many times you know there's people who tell me does ralph slow things down on purpose does he like know that you guys are being timed i'm like he, he's the tech he knows this stuff but well you know my acting coach was oh stop stop William shatner oh stop he is so proud of me. If you would have even shouted him out, I'd have been more happy than you shouting out now. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he doesn't need me to shout him out. He already knows how I feel about him. Oh, my goodness. Mike, how about shout outs for you, bro? I definitely want to shout out my wonderful niece, Erin, who came to visit me. I haven't seen anyone in my family in ages uh, due to the pandemic. So she made her way to New York. So I want to shout out, even though she won't listen, but hopefully someone that she knows will be listening. I want to shout out to Keith out there. Hopefully you did listen or at some point in time, will listen to this. Uh, it was nice to meet you. And I hope that you enjoy our show. And uh, if you do let me know and uh, make sure that my niece starts listening <laughs> and then also tell everybody, you know, and if you don't like it, still let people know and still get his niece to listen. Also, exactly. <laughs> and tell everybody, you know, how much you actually loved it. Even right. If you didn't. Yeah. And if I'm not your favorite part of this, podcast then we might have to rethink things in the family wow no pressure there Damn. i i don't believe in hidden threats i just get it right out there very direct <laughs> that's appreciated i bet no it's, hidden it's, threats. It's, 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 i'm part of the podcast mafia <laughs> i bet you should see well, his christmas letters they're just like i'm gonna get you oh my goodness <laughs> i'm nice gonna shout gift out. why do you think he's so negative like come on what's goodness. going on cap I'm going to shout out the usual suspects, Johannes, Emma's from Marvel, South Carolina, um, Tinkerbell, um, Ruben, if he ever gets to listen, Big Kev, if he ever gets to like get away from the baby, um, and of course, Lady J. Um, thank you guys all for listening. I mean, there's more people that listen, but especially you guys that kind of hit me up and say, hey, I, you know, I heard the last episode. I appreciate, and I know these guys appreciate when we get feedback, when we... Um, when we hear that, you know, you guys are enjoying what we do and we just want to produce content that you guys enjoy because we enjoy working with each other and we put it on, I can't put it, let's say put it on wax, put it on digital, is that what we used to call it? Uh, right. You mean like vinyl? 
Well, well, like, how would you count it? Like, like well, back in the day, they would say, put it on wax. What would you call this? Um, silicon? Oh, gosh. I mean, because <laughs> the, the chips on the computer are made of silicon. Yeah, so. yes. I mean, if you're going to go such a dated reference as vinyl, which yeah. we're not using, but, you know. The captain of the dated references is talking to me about dated references. This is amazing. How many times do you have, Cap? <laughs> <laughs> captain Boring. Captain wow. Starter. Yo, what is what, what, Ralph, Captain did I shit your references? cereal? What's wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, for... Leave some titles for the rest of us. Gotcha. For MFG, also known as Mike, and for RT Square the Hater, and also known as Ralph. This is the Gap saying keep it geeky, and we will see you next time.